Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Coming up in this featured interview, you know her from the volume sports, FanDuel Sportsbook, and fan-controlled football. Liv Moods joins the program as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. Hey, it's Ryan Doyle with TDR's Guaranteed Money in a featured interview. I'm excited about this. We've been working on getting this guest for a while. She does sports betting and content creation with The Volume and FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, you may have seen her sideline reporting and hosting in the fan-controlled football league. Liv Moods is here. Uh, follow her on Twitter. I have, even before you were at The Volume, I was following you. Really? <clears throat> I love that. True story. You got me all choked up, apparently. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. How are you? It's good to have you. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Sorry. It took us so long to figure out a time when we could make this work, but happy that we did. Um, you're very persistent, which is great. Cause most people would be like, <laughs> I'm done dealing with her and her busy schedule. I'm over it. And you were like, take your time whenever you've got time, we'll make it work. So thanks for being patient with me, but happy to be here and happy to chat with you. Yeah. I think some of it's my curiosity to be honest with you, because I think you're, everybody's got a great, everyone, everybody's got a story and I want to know people's it's stories. True. That's kind of where I, where I yeah. start with things. So uh, for those who don't know, how did it all begin for you? Yeah, it was very interesting, actually. And uh, it's so funny because I feel like people say all the time, like, you're so lucky to have this job and like timing is everything. And I actually think it was the opposite for me. I felt like I had to work two times harder because I graduated in the middle of a pandemic and nobody really prepares you for what that looks like. Obviously, you go four years of college and it's OK. As soon as you're done with college, you get right into the work world. And I obviously wanted to do sports my senior year of college. I was the sports host at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. Um, it's interesting but because before that, I wanted to be a news reporter. And then I did two separate internships. I got started really early on internships. I did one actually my sophomore year. Um, I've always been very driven. So I was like thinking five years ahead, you know, got to get in these internships and figure it out. And quickly realized the news is very depressing and I cannot talk about this every day for the rest of my life. Uh, so I was uh, given the opportunity to be the sports host my senior year, but graduated during the pandemic. And just to flash back a little bit, sports did not exist then. It was like sports right. were shut down. There was nothing to talk about. Um, once the whole Rudy Gobert thing happened, I think that's when the world officially shut down. It was like, okay, if sports aren't happening, we have a really big problem on our hands. So it was actually very intimidating. And I kind of felt defeated. Like, I don't think I can do this. Like, we didn't know there was no end in sight with this pandemic. So obviously, I was like, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, thankfully, a fellow classmate of mine was graduating from TCU. I'm sure people know who he is, Book It with Trent. Um, and he was creating Book It. And people don't know this, actually, but I actually joined Book It, and I was their first content creator okay. when it was a brand-new app. So he presented me with this opportunity. He's like, listen, I've got this startup. I can't pay you very well, um, but here's what you'd be doing, and it'd be sports betting. And I was like, I don't know a thing about sports betting. Like I was like, I have no idea where to start. And he's like, I still think you'd be great at it. Let me know if you're interested. It was kind of one of those moments where I'm like, what do I have to lose? I'm moving back in with my parents. It's a pandemic. You know, this is better sure. than nothing. And so I took it on. Um, I studied everything I needed to know about sports betting from I didn't even know what a spread was. I didn't know what an over under meant. I knew nothing about sports betting. So it was a lot of, you know, that downtime in the pandemic was really good for me because 
it forced me to sit down and really like go back through school. It felt like, like I was teaching myself everything I needed to know, obviously following people that were in the industry. Um, Kelly in Vegas was one of the first people I followed because she's been doing this forever and she's so, so great at it. So followed these people that are in the industry, especially the women and just tried to study up on what this world was all about. And so worked with book it for a little bit created content, started doing TikTok dances with my player props. And I think that's when I really blew up and it wasn't, okay, I'm going to do, I want to be a TikToker. That was never my intention, but it was, Hey, how do I deliver this information in a different way? Something that this industry doesn't get to see because at the end of the day, live moods, a new fresh out of college girl who just learned sports betting or Kelly in Vegas, who's whose information am I going to look at? If I wasn't different than the people already existing in the industry, nobody cared. And so I was really just trying to come at it from a very creative angle of, you know, this pandemic is really tough on people. I want to bring some light to social media right now and just be fun and have fun with it. So I think the TikTok dances is kind of how it initially, um, I blew up. I don't want to say I blew up, but that's how You're I really started to, say to grow you blew a Twitter up Because you blew up, right? I, like, I mean, you yeah, can't say it, and, that. Yeah, I mean, and it happened very fast. Like, it was very, very quick. I started growing this following, and people started to kind of know who Liv was. And so it was very interesting to me because then I, it applied pressure. Then I think it was like, okay, not only do you have to deliver creative content but you also need to be credible because now people are like oh her player props are hitting i'm gonna tail her i want to see what Liv is taking today so then it was like okay you need to be that perfect balance of entertainment and also education like you are new in this space so start building that connection or or bridging the gap between newer betters and old experience betters because i'm not an old experience better i still consider myself a newer better because I'm pretty new to this. And so it was, it was a very interesting moment where I was like, okay, you know, what is your brand? Like what, who is live moods? Is she going to be the, you know, handicapper that's giving bets out every day that comes from a very data point of view? No, it's just not me. And so I really tried to have that balance of education and entertainment and just bringing, bringing um, the fun back to betting and reminding people that like, Hey, we all lose and it's okay. We're going to lose. And that's fine. Let's make some light of it. And then we put our heads down, we focus and we figure it out next time. So very interesting start to how I got into this. And then long story short, um, I was continuing to post videos on Twitter every single day. I felt like I was working 25, eight. And uh, that's really how you get noticed. Everyone that DMS me and is like, I want to do what you do. How do I start? create content and don't stop. That's, that's my best piece of advice because did I ever think a guy like Colin Coward would see my videos? Never. Like it was never, I was never posting with that intention. And so FanDuel saw my stuff, Colin saw my stuff. And before you knew it, I was getting calls saying, Hey, we want to work with you. We love what you do. And, and I think the thing that people, every company I have worked for so far, the word they have used is authentic. Like you are just authentically live moods and some people love that and other people don't. And that's okay. And if you don't vibe with my content or who I am, um, it's, I don't take it personally because as long as I'm being a hundred percent authentic with what I'm doing, that's kind of the most important thing to me. So yeah, I graduated during a pandemic and now we're here and I took on something that I never thought I'd be doing. And I was very intimidated by, and it turned out to be one of the best things I could have ever done. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to drill with that decision. 
to drill down on the authenticity part of it, because when you when you talk about, you know, not pretending to be this, not pretend to be, the, you know, you, you could right. you could have pretended you could have, you know, faked and fronted as much as there are a lot of people out there that do it. So, like, what's in you that says, yep. you know, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to take the road less traveled. I'm going to walk it myself. And if nobody wants to join me, then so be it. Yeah, I think, honestly, it was more of a um, again, this Sports betting was new to me, but it had been around for a while. So I knew that if I was going to join an industry that had already been up and running for some time, there were already really dominant women in the space. Um, Minty Betts, Ariel Epstein, Kelly in Vegas, like they were all so good and still are so good at what they do. And they had their own brand. Like Ariel was the player prop, you know, she's the prop queen and Kelly in Vegas is, I mean, I want to say she can do a little bit of everything. She's, <laughs> she's very, very talented. Same with Minty Betts. They all, I noticed everyone had their own style. It was like, everyone had their own style. You had Ariel Epstein who was really great at like delivering the information, but also keeping it very easy to understand. You had Kelly in Vegas that had this confidence about her where she would deliver a bet and it was like, she didn't even need, she did back it with information because she's just right. really great at what she does. But when she said it, she said it with enough confidence that it was like, I believe her. Like, I don't <laughs> care. I'm not even going to do my own research. Whatever she says, I'm following. And so, again, it was me just trying to find what is my style? Like what? Because, again, copying Ariel and doing exactly what she does isn't going to work for me because she's already doing it. Like people, if, if it's, if people are on social media going, who am I going to follow Ariel or Liv? Well, Ariel has been doing this for a while and Liv is just copying her. So I'm going to follow Ariel. Right. Like I had to find my own lane um, essentially. And so I, I found a little bit of a space within sports betting where there was a lack of creativity. It felt like it was just so numbers, 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 numbers. And while that is important, and I still do try to embed that in my videos, um, obviously, if I give a player prop, I'm not just going to say, hey, this is a gut feeling. You should totally tail this. Like I I have done the research and I, yeah. I know exactly why I like the bet. But again, finding your lane, like for a lot of the people that are interested in joining this space that are maybe still in college and about to graduate, doing what somebody else is already doing is not going to get you anywhere because it's, it's kind of the been there, done that type of thing. Like people already, the people that are in this industry are already following their go-to people when it comes sure. to MLB or their go-to people when it comes to the NBA props or whatever. So you got to find your lane and find what you're good at. I think when I first started, I really tried to do everything. I was like, okay, I've got to bet MLB and NHL and this and that and the other. No, I, I'm not good at NHL. I'm not good at MLB. So I'm not going to bet it. And so finding your lane, finding what feels good and what's comfortable. And I'm a people person. I'm very energetic. I'm an extrovert. So I want my content to reflect that. You know, it's not content of me just sitting there going, this is what I like and why, and this is the number and this right. is the whatever, and this is the trend. It's just not live and it's not me in real life. And so I want people to be able to meet me in person and go, you're exactly like who you are on Twitter. Like I was anticipating maybe you being different and um, yeah, I just, just be yourself. And for some people, it is a little bit more of that dry content of, Hey, that kind of matches my personality more to be a numbers person. Like I like the numbers. It's what feels good. Um, then do that. For me, it didn't, it didn't feel normal. It didn't feel natural. Sure. Um, what's normal and natural for me is just being, everyone's friend. So that's kind of what I wanted my content to reflect is do a little bit of everything. You know, I want this video to appeal to this crowd and then this video to appeal to this crowd and kind of that perfect blend, which I'm still trying to master, but, um, 
just finding your lane because everyone's got their lane and copying someone else is not going to get you anywhere in this space. That's for sure. You mentioned Colin Coward, the, the king of sports media. And I think a lot of people's eyes, he's not rigid. <laughs> he thinks outside the box. He, he's not afraid to pivot to yep. chances. Like, what is that like? Does he call you? How does that whole situation work? Is it just like you're you're riding around in your car one day and it's like, hey, Colin Coward's on the line for you. Is that <laughs> is that how that goes? You know, what's so funny is he had someone from the team reach out to me Um reach out to my agent actually. And my agent had called me. And one thing you should know about me is I'm very loyal. So I had started with book it. It was a startup company. And I had, I had told my agent, I just can't leave book it. Like I have to find a job where I'm still working with book it and also able to do other things. And my agent was like, okay, I'm here to tell you, um, that mindset may not work. Like you, you may have to make some tough decisions in this industry because you may not get the best of both worlds. You may not be able to work with Book It and do other things. And so that was kind of a tough pill for me to swallow because again, very loyal person. It's just who I am. Um, but they reached out to my agent and just said, Hey, we love what she does. Um, we love her videos. We've been kind of watching her for months now and wow. we absolutely just adore what she's doing. And so I got on a call with them and spoke with them and loved the people. I mean, the crew that I get to work with every single day is just incredible top to bottom. And one thing I think that really drew me in was I was actually driving in my car. And this is once I kind of already established that I had had very big interest in working with the volume. And Colin did call me on the phone, actually. And I, you know, that voice right away. Oh, I didn't yeah. have the number saved, but you know, that voice, there's no denying that it's Colin Coward on the other side of the phone. And so I answer it. And, and one thing that really, really stuck out to me was that he was very, very adamant on do not change. Like when you sign this contract, I don't want you to change a thing. He's like, we've been watching you for months. We've loved everything we've seen. You are going to continue to be live moods. It's live moods that works with the volume. It's not the volume with live moods. It's they wanted me to continue to just be myself, put my content out there. Um, and so it really felt that was really important to me because I didn't want to lose that authenticity. I did not like I didn't. I think sometimes when you go and work for a TV network or a bigger brand, um, sometimes they're able to tell you, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Which, again, nothing wrong with that. Um, sure. But I wasn't ready to do that yet. I wasn't ready to be micromanaged yet. I just wasn't. And I don't think I am still. I don't think people realize I'm very young. I'm 24 years old. Wow. I am like, I, I'm very, very young still. I have so much growing and learning to do. So I wasn't ready to be micromanaged yet. I still wanted to figure out who I was and challenge myself in different ways. And so when he called me on the phone, that was, that was something that really stuck out to me was that, um, he was very complimentary of my work and I could tell that he had been watching it. I could tell that they had been watching my stuff because they would point out specific things that I said in shows or specific moments that right. I had through that, those few months. And so it felt like they really cared. Like they really knew who live moods was and what I was about and what I was trying to do. Um, and they were like, welcome aboard. We want you to just keep doing your thing. And so it was really, it, it felt like they just really loved who I am and what I brought to the table. And that's always a great feeling. I mean, you want to work for people that support you and love you and, I felt like that's exactly what they were doing. So yeah, Colin Coward is incredible. And there's a reason that he is as, as successful as he is. And I think what he's building with the volume is just authentic, creative and intelligent people that are really great at what they do and maybe don't want to work for networks because they are so authentic and unique that they don't want to be micromanaged. So he's creating this thing going, 
I'm going to pick really great talent, but I don't want them to change. I want them to be able to, if you, I don't know if you've tuned into any of the podcasts oh, or the yeah. volume, but they're cussing and talking about these different things. I mean, Draymond Green now has an open platform where he can say things that he could probably never say, say in a post-game interview. So you're getting to meet this athlete in an authentic and different way than what we've probably known him as for his entire career because you're used to seeing them buttoned up or saying the right thing. And now sure. he's got this platform where he can say whatever he wants. And Colin Coward's not micromanaging him at all. And so it's really great what Colin Coward's doing with the volume. Um, and there's a lot of great talent within the, you know, within the company. But more importantly, it's just you, what you see is what you get. The people that I have met with the volume are exactly who I see on their podcast. So, again, it's that authenticity. And I think he made that such a priority when I joined that I was like, yeah, this is the place for me right now. So I absolutely love it. Let's talk a little bit about wagering. Let's talk about betting. Let's roll up our sleeves and have that conversation because I want to know what it looks like uh, in your in your day when we're talking about, you know, let's say putting out some some player props that, you know, is where you live a lot of the time. I follow you. Obviously, I, I catch a lot yep. of what you're doing. It is fantastic. Colin's 100 percent right. You don't need me to say that uh, when it comes to putting these type you. of props together. What does that look like? Uh, you know, how much studying are you doing? Are you crunching stats? I notice you're bringing a lot of that into the narrative. So I'm assuming that's kind of. That's yeah. kind of, you know, a big build up until people actually see you on social media and you're presenting that information. Yeah, um, it's very interesting because I, I can't tell if I spend more time during my days handicapping or researching or if I spend more time once I know the bet. I spend also a lot of time figuring out, okay, now how do I deliver this creatively? Right. And some days it's just a talking video. Some days it's just, hey, here's what I like. And I, I have learned that different platforms receive different types of content best. I do think in the Twitter world, they appreciate the explanation. Um, gambling Twitter is a different breed of... <laughs> back up what you're saying with numbers. Otherwise you're stupid and don't know what you're doing. Basically I've learned that for sure. Um, so each, each different platform receives different types of content in a different way. So a lot of what I do is, okay, I do handicap the bet and that is a process of looking at injuries first. Then I look at defense versus position. So how does each team defend each position? Then I look at who is in that position. How have they matched up against this team throughout the regular season for this situation right now? Currently, how are they matching up within this series in the postseason? Um, you know, I, I use places like StatMuse. If uh, Gary Trent's out with an injury, okay, how does Fred Van Vliet perform without Gary Trent? I'm looking at averages there. So I look at a lot of different things, and I think kind of to your point and what you alluded to earlier is people only see the final product. So they see the right. two minute video and I'm very used to this structure of life um, because I've been a dancer my whole life. So I've worked, you work end endless hours, very, very hard for a two minute routine. Dancers don't get a halftime break to rally and go, Hey, we got to get it together. We're looking kind of rough out there. You get two minutes. Once the music plays, two minutes and it's done. And then your routine is in the hands of judges for them to be subjective. It's like, Oh, I kind of liked it or I kind of didn't. It's basically what I'm doing now. I work really, really hard for hours in the morning and then mid afternoon, late afternoon, I go, okay, so how am I going to put this together? Two minute video. And basically people go, I liked it or I didn't. So people are seeing the final product. And I don't I think sometimes they forget everything that goes into getting that final product. I don't just wake up and go, you know, 
um, feeling like the Raptors are going to win today. It's never that. It's looking at the numbers and the websites and the stats and figuring it out. And I do think a lot of that has to do with being a woman in this space. Mm. Um, your credibility is a little bit harder to build. And I think there's a misconception. I get a lot of people that are like, why do you always bring up the fact that you're a woman? Because being a woman is hard in this industry. Sure. It is. And that's just a fact. 100%. I think naturally we're less credible or that's the conception is that we're less credible. So sometimes I feel like I've got to do double the work just to prove that this bet that I'm talking about is worth tailing or this bet that I'm talking about is worth, you know, the reason I like it is for X, Y, Z reasons. Whereas maybe a man can go on, you know, film themselves and go, Hey, this is just a gut feeling. I really love it. Like tail it. And people no, are like, let's, awesome let's, no, hold on. Let's, let's be real though. It's not maybe a man. Absolutely. That's sometimes what happens out there and they yes, get to skate it on is. it. Whereas you have to back everything up. I mean, it's fucking not fair. If you're honest about it, it's not. It is. Yeah, no, it's not at all. And I actually very recently had this, you know, situation on Twitter where, um, I don't know if this gentleman intended to attack me, but he used me to try to attack a sports book. Um, and I'm sure you saw it. It was yep. everywhere. I'm sure you saw everybody talking about it and it was a lot of noise. And um, that kind of led to a lot of conversations of people going, she got her job because of her looks. The only reason she has a following is because she does TikToks. The only reason that she's got a following is because she dances. Um, and while that may be true, my opinion on that issue is get on the train or it's leaving you at the station because content creation right now is everything. I used to knock TikTok. I was like, oh, my God, this app is so stupid. I'm not doing it. Guess what? That's where the eyeballs are. The amount of times I've had companies call me and go, hey, we saw your TikTok. I'm like, what? What are yeah. you doing on TikTok? That's that's where the consumers are right now. And that's just the truth. And so people get very upset with how they think I got my job or why they think my following's big. Maybe just take the situation, look at it from a different perspective and go, she might be onto something. Maybe the TikToks are working for her. Maybe the creative side of her content sure. is working for her. And so I think people automatically see me making TikTok dances. And again, I think this also plays into the whole being a woman thing. They see me dancing. They see me doing a TikTok and I'm automatically less credible immediately. I, immediately, it's I'm making a mockery of betting. I don't care about people's money. I don't I don't take this seriously. Um and I think that's kind of BS, to be honest with you, because I don't think there's any reason that you can't be both creative and credible. Sure. I think we live in a world now where you can be both. And um, and I'd like to think that I am. You know, I, it's so interesting. I get people that are like, oh, she sucks at her job and she doesn't. You know, she only got her job off of looks. They're obviously not tailing my player props because my player props do pretty stinking well. And that's not me trying to sound arrogant, but they do well. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty stinking good at NBA player props. So. It's very interesting, the blend of the people that have been in this industry for a long time. So mm. the, you know, professional betters and the degenerates, there's a very <laughs> gray line between the two. Sure. And it's almost like, it's almost like a battle. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of young people joining the space, creating content, making their own podcasts. If anything, the people that have been in this industry the longest should be like, heck yeah, the more the merrier. Welcome aboard. Right. Sports betting is the best. So happy to have you. But instead, it's like, there's a, it, it, I think it boils down to following. I think they see a big following, maybe a following bigger than theirs. And it's automatically, 
I'm going to attack and I'm going to try to discredit them and I'm going to make make sure everybody knows that they're not legitimate. Well, it's also it's also it's the world we live in, right? It's I mean, we we live in a default it negative is. world, right? Everybody needs to be negative. Yes. Keyboard warriors are going to do what they do. They hide behind anonymity. Mm-hmm. Here you are putting your picks out with your face and name attached to them. Most of those people wouldn't have the rocks to do that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's, it's right. symptomatic of the the bigger world we live in as well, where not only is it you know, you're a woman, so they're they're threatened by that fact. They don't want any part of you being in their space. But you also then have the the added part of it that you're right a lot of the time probably pisses those people off right no it it, totally and i and i know that most of the time that i know where it stems from and i've i've gotten better about removing myself from the emotional piece of it and saying live you know where this is coming from like you know that this has more to do with them than it does with you um one thing I would love for people to remember a little bit more is again, I sometimes I get grown men that have been in this industry for a very long time tearing me down. And I'm like, I wonder how much patience people had with you when you were 24, when you were sure. fresh into this space. You probably weren't making the right decisions all the time. You probably weren't hitting your bets all the time. You were learning, you were growing. And there's not that same patience anymore, I feel. Um, Again, I don't ever want to be like, I'm 24. Everyone leave me alone. I actually don't like to tell people my age because I think it can actually be used as a weapon against me. Right. Um, because I'm sure you know that in this space, it's, oh, well, we're going to go with this person because they have a little bit more experience and they've been in the industry a little bit longer. Your age can actually be used against you a lot in this industry. And so I, I really don't talk about how old I am very often. It's funny. I was actually at FCF. And I was, uh, well, and Colin Coward, I met him for the first time in Vegas and we're sitting there hanging out and, um, he looks at me, he goes, how old are you Liv? (laughs) I said, I'm 24. And he about choked on his drink. He was like 24. I was like, yeah. He goes, I swear to God, I thought you were 29. And I said, that's good. That's good that you thought I was 29. Cause that's how I want, I, I want you to see my stuff and, and think that I'm mature and I'm well composed and I work hard and, I have a drive that's a lot bigger than most 24 year olds. And I know that. Um, And because of that, I've lost a lot of friends. My circle is very small. Yeah. Friends that I thought I would have forever. Um, I was a guy's girl. So most of my friends were men. And uh, these were guys I thought were going to be in my wedding someday. And I don't speak to them anymore. And they've unfollowed me on social media. And they said my content was annoying to them. Um, It's really hard for me. I also had a friend that, again... Uh, was my rock, my world. I considered him a brother. Um, and he felt like my job was getting to my head, that I was forgetting about where I Jeez. came from and and who I was as a person. And anyone who knows me that truly spends time with me knows that that is the furthest thing from the truth. I'm still living with my freaking parents <laughs> and I'm proud of it. And I'm not ashamed of it at all. And I, you. you know, I, I, I take care of my family and my siblings and being a big sister is like the greatest gift in the world to me. And so people that know me know that I, my job is not affecting me like that, but it's very interesting to see how my job and maybe my, my success has affected my relationships in my life and, and all that. But yeah, I tw- for I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that at 24 I am focusing on my career a lot more than most of my friends. And that's just the truth, you know? My friends, sure. I think a lot of the people my age still want to go and drink on a Friday night and get hammered on a Saturday and go to the bars during the day on Sunday and drink bottomless mimosas and I'm just not there anymore. I'm, you know, I'm I'm resting on Saturday and Sunday so that I can grind Monday through Friday. And that's just 
I'm in a different headspace. And again, neither headspace is correct. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone because of where I'm at. I just, this is what makes me happy. My job fulfills me. I really, really love what I do. And so that's why it's a priority to me. It's not a priority because I feel like it makes me better than anyone. It's just, I love what I do. It's, it's definitely a passion at this point. So I, I also love that Colin took the over on your age and got it wrong. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he, did. <laughs> he did. He definitely uh, took the over. Uh, let's talk about fan controlled football before we, uh, before yeah. we leave here, because I think, you know, we've had Jack settlement on the show before. Great guy. We, you know, okay. He's, a, he's, oh, he's the best. He's awesome. He's the best. Uh, great guy involved in the league. I think this is really where football is headed. Maybe not the NFL, but I think when we talk about eyeballs, this has got, it ticks a lot of boxes for me as to where the future is going. People, if you haven't yes. checked it out, check it out. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your involvement and you know what you think of the sport itself oh my god I cannot speak more highly of it and it's so interesting because this was a job where I was just kind of like I'm, I'm not a huge fan of traveling um so again I told you before we started filming that in 2022 I asked god I said I just want to be out of my comfort zone this year I want to be pushed um I want to be challenged and uh god said okay bet I'm going to have you traveling to Atlanta every weekend for two months when you hate getting on airplanes. Perfect. So that is where we're at right now. Definitely being challenged in a lot of different ways. But, oh, my God, I cannot speak more highly of what is happening down in Atlanta with this fan-controlled football league. I think it actually is very similar to sports betting in the sense that the fans are involved. Once you have money on a game or on a bet in a game, you are like, it's a different level of being tuned in. You're like, okay, this money was supposed to be my dinner money tomorrow. So please don't fail me now. Like you are so much more invested in that game. And I'm seeing that with fan controlled football, the fans call the plays. So if your play was successful, that's kind of like a, okay, like check me out moment. Like you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And so, oh my gosh, it is the coolest thing. And to your point, I think this is exactly where the future is headed of just having fans completely involved Twitch stream. Forgive me for being totally out of the loop. I did not realize how big Twitch really was. Obviously I've had a lot of my show. It's massive. And I've had a lot of my shows like streamed through Twitch. um, And I never really prioritized like, promoting it or even being on Twitch. Like I just, it never was something I think Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, all those, whatever. Twitch is huge. Like I was blown away week one with fan controlled football compared to last season. I think last season was like 500,000 views in the first day or something. We hit millions in the first week. And I was like, millions, millions of people. Like what, Obviously, Terrell Owens, Johnny Manziel. Sure. You know, I think that definitely draws a lot of people going. Terrell, right, definitely does. Like, Terrell Owens at 48 is suiting up and playing football. I'm going to go watch this, of course. Um, But Twitch is massive. And I think the moment you give fans the power, that's what it is. It's power. You you give them the ability from this little thing right here that is completely taken over the world, by the way. um, You let them control something and have the power of something with a touch of a button on their phone sitting from their couch that that, i mean that is like it's lights out it is insane and i first of all huge huge props to the crew the commissioner the founders of this league everyone that i have met there is incredible the best people these athletes and one thing i really love is they select athletes that have a great story that 
are very talented. I think there's a misconception as well. That's like, if you're not in the NFL, you're not talented enough. Right. Not true. Some of these players actually used to be in the league and then got injured and never got re-signed. Nobody gave them a second look. And so the talent is there. I mean, when I am there watching, I'm like, these guys are legit. Um, some of them are probably good enough to play in the league. They just don't want to. They don't want the pressure of being right. in the NFL. They're doing something else with their life. There's a QB there that's actually very, very successful in the world of trading. Um, he makes great money. So he doesn't need fan-controlled football, but he's there because he loves the game. And you get better football when you've got people that aren't there for monetary reasons. I'm here to tell you, these players don't make that much money. So they are there because they love the sport. And that is just a different type of football. Like you're getting passion and and commitment and drive and you couldn't ask for anything better and then on top of that you let the fans decide how the yeah. game goes i love it I, I i think it is this is only the beginning um to see the growth from season one to season two is so exciting and i think by season four it's going to be massive maybe even season three i mean it's just been it's been so cool so yeah to your point i do think it is the future it's got a yeah it's it's very exciting well, I'm excited that you're a part of it. Fan-controlled football, the volume, fan duel, live moods. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been a real uh, honest, I think, an authentic conversation, which is uh, you know yeah. what I'm all about, and I know it's, it's what you're all about. So thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com. Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.